The book of Proverbs is full of wise sayings and teachings. It was meant to provide guidance and instruction for living wise and righteous lives, dealing with topics like money, relationships, faith, and parenting. In this series, we will draw from Proverbs and the wisdom it has to give us about our hearts. Join us as we look at the wisdom for all of our hearts, helping make us live life a little bit lighter. Amen. Amen. Hey, I don't know about you, but first service, I was watching that. I'm like, I need that video every morning when I wake up. I need someone preaching that in my ear. So uh, if you haven't met me, my name's Rob Denton, and I have the privilege of being the lead pastor here. It is so good to have the team that we do, isn't it? Uh, the worship is just, yeah, I just, I'm so incredibly grateful. Um, so today's Roundup Sunday, Back to Church Sunday. Uh, we started this back, used to be a part of our history back in the 70s when we first started. We brought it back last year and we're going to keep going. So we got a big picnic afterwards, uh, a bunch of a chili cook-off contest, a, a baked pie contest, hamburgers, hot dogs, uh, the band, there's going to be a band, live music out there, moon bounces, a dunk tank, uh, you know, maybe we get Pastor John wet, you know, what I'm saying? So... Uh, we set up a bunch of canopies out there, so after service, just feel free to put a blanket down, or we've got chairs that you could stack and, and go out there, but it'll just be a good old day. And we got some old-time uh, uh, um, uh, picnic games, you know, a couple of those for uh, the family and kids. So anyways, that'll be good. I um, clo am closing off, and by the way, hello to those of you online. Uh, we love you, and uh, I appreciate that you are, are part of us every week. Um, we're finishing a series called Heart to Heart. And about four weeks ago when we started this series, I shared with you the importance of the physical heart, obviously taking care of it and all that. But there's a spiritual element, right? And the Bible actually talks about it. There's like, I think, an, over a thousand verses about the, the Bible um, or the Bible. There's a thousand mentions of the heart. But one of the books is Proverbs that really talks a lot about our heart. And so we've picked four Proverbs that we've worked through three of them. Um, I'd like to remind you the very first week we talk about a protected heart, right? It says um, in uh, Proverbs 4.23, above all else, above all else, of most importance, guard your what? Guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. And then Pastor John talked about an unselfish heart because we could all become very prideful and self-centered and, and think this world is all about me. And so we looked at Proverbs 18, 12, before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before what? Honor. Another way that I've learned this in another version is pride cometh before fall. And I ain't interested in falling. I've done enough of that. How about you, church? Then last week, <laughs> we talked about laughter. We talked about a cheerful heart. We talked about joy. We talked about being hilarious. And, and some of us, it's just part, not part of our DNA. Or the devil or a person has robbed that from us. And so I said, we got to start laughing again. Amen? And I love it. A few of you actually sent me texts that evening and said that you made choices that afternoon to do certain things that brought a smile to your face or watch certain things or listen to certain things. And I want to say, keep laughing. And if you want to keep laughing, don't watch the Dodgers right now. Oh my gosh. I got to do that protected heart. <laughs> then, and then today, today, we close out, close out the series with, um, if you thought about the songs we just sang and the video that we just watched, it's, it's a trusting heart. 
And this happens to be one of the very first verses that I ever learned as a young Christian. Um, it's Proverbs chapter um, 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, trust the Lord with all of your what? Heart. And lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path what? Straight. So that's where we're going to camp out today. Let's pray. Father, um, I want to I wanna do, I want to pray specifically for our friends online that are watching right now. And Lord, I know personally, I got some texts this morning that there's people watching online because they're sick. And um, some people are watching online because um, they just live far away. And there's all sorts of different reasons, Lord. And so I, I want to pray specifically for our online friends that you would watch over them, keep them healthy, keep them safe. And I thank you that they're a part of this church family. And for all of us, Lord, as we're ready to delve into this verse that is so easy to come out of our mouth, but sometimes so hard to live, I pray, God, that we would, we would be more trusting because of this passage today, more trusting of you. Help me to get out of the way, and we pray that we would hear from you through your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. What an incredible, incredible promise for each and every one of us here today. You know, I was a part of a leadership conference. It's called Global Leadership, and um, it's actually for business leaders and actually church leaders. It's, it's a unique it's a very unique leadership conference. But um, so they have people from the secular world and business and then some uh, really good church leaders. And so one of the first speakers was a guy by the name of Craig Rochelle. He's a pastor. Um, if you have version app on your uh, phone to read the Bible, his church is the one that came up with that technology and gifted it. Literally, it could, it's, it could be worth a billion dollars. I mean, it's an amazing gift. And so Craig was speaking, and he started off his message with this thought about trust. And he says, you know, where do you land on the trust factor? And uh, he said this soon after it. He said, trust, most people today start with a I don't trust you attitude. Now, would you agree with that? Would you agree? Most people start with a I don't trust you attitude. Now, I'm going to be honest, this, this flies a little bit in the face of me because, um, and I say this all the time, and I almost feel like it's changing to me and I don't want it to change, but literally, I start with a, I trust you. That's just who I am. I trust you. You earn my distrust. Does that make sense? But as I've talked with people, and, and then you look at this survey and all the communications, that the general truth is that most people start with a, I don't trust you attitude. And, and, and this is different from history, but this is of, of today. And he, says, he said this, people today distrust others, especially government leaders. Does that surprise you? <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but I would cry if I really thought about that. They don't trust government uh, leaders. They don't trust news media. <laughs> yeah. They don't, this, this really makes me sad. They don't trust law enforcement. They don't trust teachers. They don't trust judges. They don't trust pastors. They don't trust the church. And a lot of times, therefore, they don't trust God. 
So Craig Rochelle's right. I, we have a major trust issue. And then specifically for church leaders, he's like, man, when, when people used to come back in the church in the 30s and 40s, 50s and 60s, they automatically trusted that figure that was up on the stage. And he says, that has completely changed. And I know that that's true. I know I deal with that as a communicator, as a pastor all the time, that most people walking off the street are kind of going like this. All right, pastor. Yeah, we'll see if we'll listen to you. But, and that's fine. I mean, that's just part of our culture, isn't it? And we do that, like you said, with teachers and politicians and judges and law enforcement, all that stuff. So that, just because it's popular doesn't mean it's right, right? I just wish, I wish it was back in the day. Back in the day. I heard about this. Back in the day. You could shake a hand and you knew it was going to happen. You were going to be a woman of your word and you were going to be a man of your word. And you didn't need litigation and, and, and thousands of dollars and lots of piece of paper and emails. You just needed an eye to eye and a handshake and a trust. And I want to tell you that I can't promise that for the politicians and I can't promise it for the pastors or the churches or the teachers or the judges or the law enforcement. But one thing I could say is this, that God is a man of his word. Like history proves that he says it and he fulfills it. Now, you may not like what he says and you may not like what he fulfills, but here's what I know. You could trust God. And so Craig Cashel says this. He goes, if we want to grow trust in our churches, we want to grow trust in our societies. And he was talking to business leaders. He said, there's three things to bridge the gap. And I thought this was interesting because, again, he's talking to a lot of CEOs but he says transparency, empathy, and consistency will help bridge the gap where there's that mistrust. And then I thought about that in the church. And then I thought about it as the one in whom we are to put our trust in. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Jesus right there, isn't it? The Son of God came to this earth. And he didn't hide anything. He threw it out there. He was as transparent as can be. And then empathy. I was asked to speak on this stage just this week to our elementary school. And this place is packed. We got a tons of kids coming to our, our school here, which is awesome. And that they asked me to speak on the topic of empathy. And so I'm like, how do you, you know, how do you put this to a five-year-old, to a 12-year-old? And at the end of the day, I helped define empathy this way. It's putting your feet in the shoes of others. Does that make sense? It's, it's understanding and seeing life through someone else's thoughts, feelings, and, and beliefs, and all that kind of stuff. And yet, Jesus Christ, the Bible says, he came from the comforts of heaven. God, in the form of man, came to this earth, was tempted in every way, but did not sin. He felt all the emotions that we feel. And isn't that empathy? Like, he didn't call the shots from heaven. He came down here and came alongside of us and consistency. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. So I, I share all this because here's, here's what I know. I know this topic of trust is hard. If all the studies are saying that we struggle with trust, that means most of this room is struggling with it at some level or another. You may not be trusting your boss. You may not be trusting your employees. You may not be trusting your church or your pastor. You may not be trusting your spouse. You may not be trusting your kids. You may not be trusting all sorts of things. And here's what I want to say. We need to have a protected heart. We need to have an unselfish heart. 
We need to have a cheerful heart, and we ought to have a trusting heart. Now, would I like you to trust all those people and things that I told you about? Yes. But for today's argument, the thing that we need to trust the most is Jesus Christ. I just, I just struggle with that, Pastor. I struggle with trust. I, I get it. So do I, and I'll share about that. But let me tell you, you trust way more than you think you do. 35 years of ministry, I've had a lot, lot of fun conversations, especially with atheists that talk about this whole trust, and I can't you know, trust in something I can't see or that I don't know about. Church, I got a whole sermon for that one, but just have fun with this. Remember I said you trust more than you think? I, I kind of watched. I didn't watch all of you. None of you checked out that chair before you sat in it. None of you did. None of you went and pushed on it. and you know, none of it. Now, there might be one weirdo, but I won't mention his name. <laughs> you trusted. And you drove over here, and you stopped at a stoplight, and you trusted that everybody else was going to stop at red. And you trusted everybody else was going to stop it or, or go at, at green. So you trusted. And those of you that went and ate last night somewhere... You have no, I'm going to scare you. You have no idea how that food got there to that restaurant. You have no idea. This is really scary, especially for germ people like me. You have no idea who cooked it. You have no idea what they touched or didn't touch. You have no idea, but you put that steak in your mouth like that. Those mashed potatoes with cheese on it. Oh, you were all over it. That garlic bread. Oh, I'm hungry. But you see what I'm saying? We, we trust way more than we think. But then we put religion and we put God in this other category. All oh, but. No, you didn't see all that stuff happen, but you're able to trust. Why are you going to put God in a different category? So what I want to just simply say is God is trustworthy, but that's going to be your journey. Amen? That's going to be my journey. So here's, here's what I'm doing. I'm doing something totally different that I've never, I don't think I've ever done. And so I, I, I wrote a sermon and um, I just was like, the whole time I was like, I just felt like, no, but you need to do this. And then I'm writing it, but no, you need to do this. And then finally, I, I went into Cynthia Wagner, our operations director, who is a gift from God. She's amazing. And I said, Cynthia, I, I said, I have a question. Can you come to my office? I just, got, I just need to run this by you. And I said, Cynthia, this is the sermon, but this is what I'm thinking. Am I weird? And she goes, well, you're weird, but no, she didn't say that. Cynthia would never say that, but she thought it, I'm sure. She goes, I, I get it. Go for it. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to go for it. And this is, um, you know, that transparency and empathy and consistency. Honestly, and please hear this. This isn't a, oh, look at me. But those actually are some strengths of mine. I feel like I am a transparent pastor. I'm not going to give you all the dirt, but I tell you all the time I'm messy. And, and this is why. Because I think too many pastors put themselves or allow themselves to be put on pestles. And if they fall, then, then you know, everyone else. Church, always follow this. Don't follow this. Okay? I'm doing my best. Okay? But I'm messy. Just like you're messy. Amen? So that's that transparency part. And I, I know at some levels you're allowed to be this transparent and this, you know, all that kind of stuff. Today, I'm going to go a little deeper than I typically do. And then empathy. That's my weakness, right? I care about people. That's a strength, but I care about them too much. That's my weakness, you know? And then consistency, I just got to always work on that. You know, I want to be better. I want to be better. So here's what I'm going to do. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean on on your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him. We could 
look at the Greek of that. We could look at the Hebrew of that. We could give all kinds of examples. I could talk about Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego and how they had to trust God. I could talk about Daniel and the lion's den and how he had to trust God. I could talk about Rahab the prostitute and how she had to trust God and hiding the spies. I could talk about Mary. I could talk about this book is all about people. Matter of fact, if you look at Hebrews chapter 11, what, is, what does it say? The hall of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is confidence in what you hope for and assurance about what we do not what? See, that's where the problem is. <laughs> like, like, I would have no problem with this trust thing if God says, Rob, I want you to do this. And I know that you don't understand it, so what I've done is I've made a TikTok video for you or a little Snapchat here for a minute and a half, and I'm just going to give you a little insight of what's going to happen after you trust me. I've, or I'm going to send you, you know, a, a, a doc, a Google doc, and then you could download it and everything's good. I would be good with that because then I could go, oh, okay, that's where we're going to end up. Yeah, I might not understand, but let's go. Wouldn't that be easier? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. But God doesn't do that. Faith is being certain of what we do not see. And that's trust, right? That's the trust part that's hard. So, so with that, I, I could give you all these examples, but here's what God kept pounding on my heart, and I am going to blame him. I, I really do believe it was the Lord. He says, share your trust journey. Oh, no, no, no. Let me share Peter. You know, he was on the boat. He could walk on water. That's a really cool story of trust. No, share your trust story. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that, and I would tell you how many minutes, but then you'd hold me accountable to it. Just being transparent. <laughs> so as I share my story of trust in the Lord and moments that I've had, and obviously there's way more moments that I've had to do this than I'm sharing, but I want to give you some key things. I want you to interact with my story. And I'll ask a question usually after some of the points that I make. I want you to ask the question of your life. I want you to think about your trust journey. And some of you, you may just be starting it right now as you walked in today, Okay. And some of you have been walking with the Lord forever. So, so to help you understand a little bit, um, so mom, 100% Italian, which makes us automatically Catholic, right? And so I went to the Catholic church right, right, right a block away from probably about, um, from, from, you know, preschooler to probably about seven or eight years old. And um, I always am careful to say this. I'm not picking on Catholics because I know we have a lot of... Um, them here or have had that experience. I'm not picking on that. There's Catholics that love Jesus. My experience was God did not like me. What the nuns taught me and the priests was you do wrong, Robbie, and you're going to get zapped. So that was my experience. So, so you take that, then you take my mom and dad getting divorced when I was two, and then, and then you take later in life when I was a teenager, between probably about the ages of 12 and 15, um, we started, my dad's and, um, and stepmom and family, we started going to the Mormon church. I got a different picture of God in the Mormon church until three years late into it, my dad said, we're not going there anymore. I found out a lot of stuff, he said, and I'll tell you why when you're older, Robbie. I, I think I've told you guys, I never asked him. I never had the courage to say, why, dad? I have some suspicions. But take divorce, Catholicism, Mormonism for Robbie Denton, that, that all mixed up together formed my thought of who God was. Does that make sense? So, so, so with that, then you guys know 
um, that uh, till about the age of eight, I lived with my mom and my sister here in the valley. And, and, then, um, and then when I was about eight years old, praise God, it all happened behind the scenes. I never had to go. But my dad fought for me. Uh, and if you think about the 70s, that was kind of hard to, you know, dads didn't usually win. But fought for me to live with him and my stepmom and my new sister. So at eight years old, I'm, I'm all of a sudden in this new home, <laughs> you know, new family. And so my sister lived with my mom here, and I lived with my dad, and we did the whole every other weekend thing. Um, and I, I share all that because I think um, many of you know my sister was a child, one of my sisters was as an actress, and she was very busy as a child actress. She went to West Valley Christian School. And so it's the school here, she learned about the Lord and fell in love with the Lord. Great administration back then. People like Bob Harder made an influence, Glenn Kirby and some teachers. So she would, every other weekend when I was here, she would say, come to church with me. And I'd be like, nah, that's good for you, but not for me, right? For like 10 years. So you fast forward, I graduate high school. You guys know, and I'm not getting into this. Uh, it's, I'm sorry for those of you that uh, haven't heard this, but... Um, I would be more than happy at meet the pastor. I tell this story. I got in a car accident. I was driving on the 134 late at night, one o'clock in the morning, went across, fell asleep, went across the lanes, went through a, a fence, went down a hill towards the LA river car smashed all in. I lived. And that next morning, my sister's crying and, um, over me and I wake up and she's like, I'm so glad you're alive. And I said, Krista, tell me about this God. Like literally that was my Krista. Tell me about this God. And um, she, she told me, and she says, you need to start reading the Bible, and why don't you come to church with me? Guess what church it was? West Valley Christian Church. And so I share this, trust the Lord with all your heart. I had to make a decision. And I tell people this all the time. Actually, there's one of the dads in here, and he knows I told him his son got in a car accident like this. I said, there's one of two things that are going to happen after you survive a car accident like that, especially when you're young. I'm invincible. Not even a car crash could kill me. And then you just keep walking and doing life, or you humble yourself, and you say, man, I'm glad I'm alive. Who is this God? So here's the question. Do I go to church, or do I just keep doing my own thing? And praise God, I went to church. That's my trust journey. I had to trust God. Even though I didn't understand, that passage says, lean not on your own. I didn't know God. I didn't know the church. I knew the picture of God that I'd been taught in Catholicism and Mormonism, and I didn't want any part of that. But man, if I'm alive, why? You know? And so I started coming to church, and my trust journey started as I started reading God's word and started meeting with godly men. And I remember after studying, um, uh, Darren Skates showed me Luke 9, 23. It says, if Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and then come follow me. Well, there's another tw- trust question, right? Do I, do I go to church is, is a trust question. Now, the second one is, do I give my life to Jesus? Like, that's a big deal. Like, I've been living for self. So... I got to figure this thing out. Am I going to go all in with Jesus? And on April 26, 1988, I got baptized at West Valley Christian Church. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I trust. I chose trust. 
And, and you know what's interesting? Um, I, growing up, I must have had this not, I was maybe indecisive, and then that plays out in my life, I'm sure sometimes now even. But my dad, because of that, would always say this, Robbie, no decision is a decision. And so if you don't say yes, you're, by default, you're always saying what? No. And so um, some of you right here right now are in that indecision. And you think you're just kind of putting off a decision for Jesus. But if you have not said yes to him, you've said no to him. And so I hope in telling my story, if that's where you're at in your trust journey, I would encourage you, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. It doesn't have to make all sense. And here's what I would say to you. You sat on the chair with no problem. Give your life to Jesus. What's the worst thing that could happen? You might laugh again. What's the worst thing that could happen? So I said yes to Jesus. And then um, the next thing that I was writing down, and I had to decide what I was going to tell you and not tell you. And... um, Stupid, it's coming again. Um, I don't want to tell you guys, I've never, I've never said this. Um, so I give my life to Christ, and I'm, my sister's doing a movie, and I'm her set sitter, so I'm kind of like living here. Not living, but just for a while, you know. But my family has moved now from Villa Park. My stepmom, my dad, my my, I don't call them step half and all that. My brothers and my sisters. So they're down in Fallbrook now. And my sister's movie's over. And my mom and my sister lived in an apartment their whole life. And then she, together, they bought this little house over here on Fallbrook and um, Sadakoy on Inglemore. And my mom said, why don't you move in? Now, I've just given my life to Christ. I've just graduated high school. I've just, yeah, there's a lot of just. I really liked my new community here. And I was really wrestling with God, what do I do? I'll never forget, I was on a mountain road. If you know Fallbrook, there's all these hills. And I'm with my dad, who fought for me. So I could live with him. And a great home. Stepmom that's amazing. Great siblings. I couldn't even look him in the eyes. He's driving. I just looking for him. And I said, Dad, I need to tell you something. He's like, what, son? I said, I'm moving in with Mom. I know I crushed his heart. What I didn't know is a couple of years ago, I was talking to one of my sisters. I think she was eight or nine, and she was, it was a late night conversation, and she just went off on me. She said, why did you leave us? I was like, I never even thought about that, you know. I didn't leave you. She goes, you left us. 
I think about Abraham when in Genesis 12, God says, Abraham, you need to leave your family and your country and what you know, and I'm going to take you to a land that you don't know that's filled with milk and honey. Do you remember that passage? I can't imagine what it was like for Abraham to say goodbye. Church, I I wrestle. I wrestle with whether I did the right thing or not in that decision. But then when I look at my life, you know, that led to this community. It led to relationships. It led to marriage. It led to raising my kids. It led to end up being the lead pastor here. And I hate that I would have hurt my sisters that way and my dad. But you know, sometimes trusting God is really hard. And trusting God means doing things different. And sometimes it means sacrifice. Please hear me. I'm not saying I was right or wrong. What I'm telling you in my testimony of trust is trust is not always easy. Trusting trusting God is not always easy. But it's a lot better than trusting yourself, trusting alcohol, trusting people, trusting a shot in the arm, trusting success, trusting money. I'm sorry. God's got our back. He loves us to death. And he knows what's best for us, even when we don't feel it. Well, it was soon after that. I think I'd been a Christian for six months. I made the decision to move in here uh, with my mom and my sister. And um, the youth pastor says, I want you to start a Bible study. The truth was, he didn't want me as an 18-year-old hanging out in the high school ministry anymore, because I was dating one of them. Um, So I started a Bible study in my mom's house in the living room, having been a Christian for six months. I told Darren Skates, I don't know anything about the Bible other than what you've taught me. He goes, I got your back and God's got your back. I'm totally unqualified, Darren. He said, you're right. Church, maybe some of you are facing something right now where you're having to trust God but your answer right now in this moment is, I feel unqualified. I want to remind you, welcome to every person in the Bible story, other than maybe the devil himself that thought he was overqualified. All of us, all of us are not qualified, but God qualifies the unqualified, amen? Where we can't, he can. And my trust my trust journey has been a journey of a front row seat of stuff that I never thought I would see. I get to see and be a part of some absolutely amazing God crazy moments. And it has nothing to do with me other than I said yes and bought the ticket. And I got a front row seat. Church, don't count yourself out. If it's you plus you, it does equal, eh. but if it's you plus God, 
sit back and watch what he wants to do with your life. That ministry, by the way, started in my mom's living room. It grew to almost 80 people, literally. A lot of the people that you know that are in their 50s here, they met in that ministry. I, I mean, it was crazy season, and we had crazy community, and God did amazing things with a bunch of people that didn't know what they were doing. I think about um, enrolling in Bible college. I didn't have the money. I didn't have the time. I didn't want to drive three days a week for four years down to Fullerton. I had all the reasons, but you know what? I graduated four years later with zero debt. I still have no idea how it was all paid for. I graduated all the classes, even Greek, which I still don't know how I passed that. And no, I didn't cheat. But all of this I'm telling you is all God's stuff. I thought there was no way I was going to be able to do any of this stuff. But God steps in. Missions, I'm a white boy from a white city that just loved comfort. And I become a Christian. Next thing you know, I'm in Tijuana, Mexico, building homes. And my heart is falling apart for the people. I'm in Skid Row almost once a month, um, holding people that are urine all over themselves and who knows what else and needles. And, and, and all that stuff is not this guy going to Russia and starting a church in Chile. Are you kidding me? I didn't even have a vision of starting a church in the United States, let alone in a foreign country. And please hear this. This is not Rob Denton. Praise be to him. It's praise be to God. All I did is say yes. And then God does all this crazy stuff. The upstairs, saying yes to being lead pastor, um, getting this church through COVID. Oh my gosh, you guys know how sick I was about that. I don't even know if you know all the details of the stuff that I went through mentally and physically. I sent you a letter right at the beginning of COVID and I said, here's my commitment to you. I'm gonna trust God. I'm gonna get this ship back into an unsafe harbor because ministry is unsafe. But I didn't know what it was gonna take. I didn't know what it was gonna look like and there was no books to read on it and there was no one to lean on, but God got us there. Amen. And so I say that as an encouragement to you. What is it that God is saying, trust me on? And I am going to encourage you, trust him. Even though you don't understand, don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I want to close with a couple of verses. Psalms 27. Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Psalms 27, one, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Because the truth is either we're picking trust or we're choosing fear. And the devil wants us to live in fear and God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, so that we can live in trust and we can live life abundantly and live it in the full. Psalms 56, when I am afraid, Lord, when I am afraid, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. That's what David said. Are you trusting the Lord? Well, we believe in missions and we're sending another team out next Saturday. They're jumping on a plane. They're going to New Mexico. We believe missions locally. We believe in missions domestically and we believe in missions internationally. And wasn't that awesome, Mary and uh, Wallace last week internationally? But we have a team 
that, that what happened in New Mexico is just like what happened in Lahaina. A whole city just taken out because of wildfires in New Mexico. Two years later, many of those houses are still destroyed. They, they, they haven't even gone through the rubble in many of them. And so Convoy of Hope, who we're teaming up with, we're sending a team of 10 people. They're going to just go help come alongside families and love them and help clean up. And so if that, those team members could come up here right now, I, don't, I know there's nine of them. I know um, uh, we had like five or six of them. Yeah, let's give them a hand. Um, so there's nine of them. And uh, here's the deal. These guys are trusting the Lord. Some of them had to trust the Lord for the finances. Some of them had to trust the Lord to get off work and use their vacation for a whole week so they could go serve other people. Some of them had to trust the fact that they don't like to fly. Some of them had to trust, like, I'm going to be with a bunch of people I don't even know. And so they're implementing what we're talking about, trusting in the Lord. And so... um, This is four of the the nine. And so can we together pray for them? And just so you know, this this guy right here, he's the one that I always talk about, Tiny. That's that's my nickname for him. But I just want to tell you, if you ever mess with me, you have to go through him, all right? And his wife's even tougher. Father in heaven, thank you for these men and women. And thank you for this team. Thank you for Tracy, who's leading this team. And God, I pray that you give them safe travels. I pray that you give them unity, Lord, when they're tired, that they would just realize it's not about them, Lord, that you would give them strength, that you would give them joy, that you would give them laughter, Lord, that they would come alongside uh, families or individuals that are just not laughing anymore and just not hopeful anymore and just not trusting anymore. Give them those conversations. Give them those opportunities. Help them to make the most of those opportunities. And Lord, I pray that you be with their families as they're away from them. Keep their families healthy and safe. And again, uh, we would pray that you would bring this team back to us, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for them and their example and trusting in you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. Tender mercies and your love that you've always shown me. You forget all my rebellion.